In today's episode, I've got an incredible guest, Jack George from Eglon College. He shares an innovative approach to education that puts students at the centre of their own educational journeys. Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning and welcome back to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm an organisational coach and in this show, I learn with the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference in international schools around the world. My guest today is Jack George, an education visionary from Eglon College in Switzerland. Jack's passion lies in empowering students to take ownership of their own learning and creating an educational experience that focuses on the things that only humans can teach. I think you're going to be inspired by this episode as Jack shares his perspectives on how we can reimagine education for the future. Let's jump in. This all came about essentially from a need that we identified within our school uh, in which we felt that we needed to improve in terms of holistic reporting. So we felt that our traditional reporting and assessment system was solid and it gave the parents what they wanted. But at the same time, we pride ourselves on, you know, being a world leader in character education. And actually we were finding that we, not necessarily that this was our fault, but maybe, a, you know, uh, just a product of the education system as a whole, that students weren't celebrating soft skills as they should. And to some extent, they weren't even recognizing what soft skills, soft skills were. Um, and so we kind of we wanted to look into a way of celebrating educational journeys that obviously uh, extend far beyond the classroom. Uh, and so that's where we looked into holistic reporting and we started to go down an avenue with some various tech companies of creating an Instagram style app where students upload their experiences and they measure progress against the values of our school. And so they are commenting on their own journeys and the teachers are the validators in this journey rather than the deliverers of you know, the report. They validate what the student has to say and they you know, either agree or potentially challenge them if they have said that they've developed a certain sort of skill and potentially they haven't. Um, so we're running, we've experimented with that for a while now, and this then led to ownership of stories and ownership of data to some extent. Um, and that's where we started to think about, you know, how do, stu- how could students own their journeys beyond the school? So for instance, you know, you get all these incredible emails from from tech companies saying, we've got the best product in the world. And and it's going to be incredible. You're going to love it. And you go, that's amazing. What if they go to this other school and there's a completely different thing? They haven't got the subscription. What if that tech company goes bust? You know, these, these students' stories are far too important to take that risk. So that's where we kind of stumbled across blockchain and Web3, which is, a, yeah, quite, at, the, at the start, it was a very intimidating word. Uh, <laughs> and concept yes but actually we started to see that there is a potential use for blockchain in education and that's where school 3.0 was born essentially 
Right. Wow. Wow. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Innovating. Let's, let's break that down into steps. So someone like me can understand it. So to go back, you, you're trying to assess soft skills. These are, these are areas that you want to get a better reflection on. So students have got their own Instagram style page where they reflect on these kind of skills. What kinds of skills are we talking about? I mean, the, the, the classic one, you know, is resilience and students always i think the idea of what resilience is they think they get it and actually it's not that you know we were finding that they were saying yeah i'm resilient you know i did this the other day but actually resilience is an ongoing skill that builds and it takes reflection to see how you have become resilient so you know for instance we have a skills wheel and they need to justify these experiences that they're uploading. They need to, it, it depends on what the school would want to upload in terms of the soft skills, but there would be a certain amount of entries that would be based upon resilience. And every one of those would uh, have a kind of mini log of why the student thinks that they've made steps in terms of improving in that soft skill. And it's, it's quite fun because they sometimes say to you, you know, they, 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 using this vocabulary and actually thinking about these words and what they actually mean. And actually, I think that's a real, a huge advantage that we found that, yeah, that they're just, it's just part of their vocabulary. That was our, our original aim to some extent. That's brilliant. And it's almost improving their metacognition, like, cause they're, they're really thinking about, you know, the, the process of learning. So they, they then upload and they say, Hey, I'm, you know, my resilience, I'm rating myself. What do they give themselves a score, or they just give themselves a descriptor uh, against some kind of rubric? We have uh, we we're basically designing rubrics. We've 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 experimented with them giving themselves a score. At the moment, what we're doing, to be honest, is the amount of validated entries that they make equals that number. So the whole idea of our school. Uh, is that it's the balanced development of mind, body, and spirit. So spirit is this holistic reporting, and they need that balanced development. So they need a certain amount of validated entries. And, they, and then the idea is that the, the tutor can then discuss with them, you know, uh, if, if they feel that they haven't been developing a certain soft skill in line with our school's guiding principles, what could they do next term? in order to, to, to work on that. And then the, obviously, you know, we still have the traditional report as well. It's not as if we're going straight to this soft skills, holistic reporting and, and getting rid of the hard stuff. We're, we're including them both. But what we would like is to work towards a system of, uh, you know, teachers delivering that traditional report and students being the validator and students delivering a holistic report and teachers or tutors being the validator for that. And those two marry in order to create a, a well-rounded report for the student. This is really exciting. So let's talk a little bit more about that validation thing, because I think this is, this is really key to your process. So students say, this is where I think I am in this area. And then the teacher acts as the validator, what like yes i agree or they have a conversation about it where where does how do they validate so the idea is that we've experimented with badging a lot um and you know we we use merits and, and demerits in our school and that works to some extent but actually 
we want to work towards a, a system in which you could use these merits almost as a kind of enclosed currency within a school. And again, blockchain technology allows you to do that. Um, and now I'm going to say another annoying buzzword. Yeah. An NFT, uh, which when you say the word NFT, everyone thinks of those, you know, people getting ripped off on the internet when they were buying photos of bored apes and things like that. But the idea of an NFT is that it is uh, an uncopyable token that exists in a student's wallet or, you know, it, it would exist and the student owns it. You can't make it twice. It can only be, you know, it's, it's produced, it exists in one place at one time, almost like a physical token. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're working with another tech company to make actually what are called soul-bound tokens. They are NFTs, but they're soul-bound tokens in that you, own, you can only use them in an ecosystem. So for instance, if a teacher validates what the student's saying, um, there are certain badges and credentials that will be output where a student could use these for privileges, say. We're not at that point yet, but this is something that we're talking to tech companies about. We're currently in the process of, of developing that side of School 3.0. Brilliant. So give me a quick definition. So what's, what's a blockchain? Blockchain is uh, a ledger, so upon which all transactions can be seen. So it's a peer-to-peer network. So the current version of the internet that we all know and love is Web2. So it's kind of server-based. So all of your data is on some server farm in, I don't know, Texas, right? But the idea of, of blockchain is that each person, each student has a wallet and that wallet is theirs and that wallet can travel with them from school to school and their credentials can stay with them uh, beyond uh, us as a school, beyond the tech companies that, that exist that we've been working with. And actually, that means that students own their data, they own their journey, and teachers in that respect are, are facilitators there. Got it. So they've got a digital wallet that the idea is that they can carry these tokens with them that they earn at school or that, that have been that have validated who they are or what they're about or what they've achieved. And eventually, the idea is that because it's they own it, they could take it with you, much like, I guess, how in the old sense, you'd have a paper report um, and that, that sh- that's your piece of paper and you can take that to another place and say, hey, this is, this is my score. Is, is, is that kind of what we're talking about? Yeah, it is. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, this is kind of way ahead uh, and this, we're, not, we're nowhere near that this, this point. But I think that actually in the future, everyone will have uh, a Web3 based wallet um, so, for instance, OpenAI, the, the ChatGPT guys, well, Sam Altman, is, they're working on a, a new thing called World ID. Um, I'm not sure if it's quite controversial because you have to scan your iris and things like that in order to, so it's proof of personhood in the age of AI. It's proof of being a real human. They envision, you know, a wallet in which you have your World ID. So this is a blockchain-based ID that can be created once and that is individual to you. And I think that in the future, there is space for academic credentials to be stored within that wallet as well. Right. But that's obviously, that's thinking way ahead. But I think that we as schools need to, need to essentially embrace the revolution ahead. And at the moment, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I feel like there are two camps and there are these 
a lot of people are saying kind of AI and these, these huge revolutions, they're going to make teachers' jobs easier. And another, another, there's another camp saying, uh, well, we need to mitigate risk and we need to slow things down. But actually, I think that this is one of the most incredible times to be in teaching because we can literally break things apart, carry on what works, reimagine education with, with all these incredible tools at our disposal. But we haven't got long to do it. So that's what, why we've tried to make this conceptual framework that is School 3.0, because we need to you know, embrace that with all our staff as well. And we need to think about all of these pillars, these elements that a modern school could be uh, within this framework. Funnily enough, Jack, I was speaking the other week to a guy called Dan Fitzpatrick. He runs one of the uh, big education AI newsletters. He's got thousands of subscribers. Interestingly, what you've described kind of exemplifies what he was talking about in terms of he said, there's a lot of schools at the minute who are either, you know, they're just saying, oh, it can just save us time. You know, it's a time-saving device. That's what that's what this new tech is, AI, for example. Or there's others who are just fearful and not using it. But he says what we actually need to be doing is really strategically looking into the future as to how is our fundamentals going to change with this kind of new tech that's coming in? And how are we thinking about that as an education? And that's what you're kind of doing at Eglon College, you're thinking about what does a future school look like? And you're already playing with that idea. I think that's, you know, really forward thinking. Where did this conversation come from in your school? Where did this start? I think to some extent, we were really questioning what good quality character education is and what it should be. And actually, at the same time as that was happening, so this was in, the, it was in November, for instance, and ChatGPT came out and there was, I think it was mainly January, but in those few months, there was this huge kind of wave of people talking about AI and how AI is just going to disrupt everything. And we kind of, it got us thinking about what it is to be human, because why would you, why would you send your kids to school when they can sit at home in say 10 years, they could feasibly sit at home and work on uh, a kind of recall based AI system that, that tests um, could remodel questions infinitely just to check that they are picking up the knowledge necessary to pass these exams. But why do you send them? What was the point in sending them to a school then? Um, and I think that we, we believe, and I, I especially believe that, that character education and celebration of soft skills and celebration of what it is to be human is the future of, of education. And I, I think that teachers will be augmented by AI, absolutely. But the AI can't teach students what it is to be a good, kind, world-changing human. I think that that has to be done through experience. But then at the same time, that has to be celebrated and documented correctly. And so that's where it all kind of came from. I love that you've all got well, one, no fear of this kind of revolution that we're in, but two, a real confidence in what, what makes us human and where education might sit within this new tech-enabled future. I think that's quite exciting and it's a really optimistic way to kind of go into it. And potentially by experimenting as you are now, you're helping educators to drive this conversation rather than 
necessarily tech companies doing it from the side. You're you're a part of it from the start. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Well, I also think that it it's the duty of international schools across the world to innovate and to actually make a positive difference for for education across the world. So. You know, I think that you cannot call yourself a world-leading school if you don't do something concrete to change education for the better, not just for your school to give you a competitive edge, but for the world. You know, if School 3.0 doesn't take off, that's not, it, it, it's not necessarily a huge issue. But what we want to do as a school is try and help the sector move forward because we're in a, an incredible position where we've got the resources and the the passion to do that, whereas, you know, there are schools across the world that, that haven't got those resources. The idea of, of this School 3.0 thing and concept is that it's open source and that we are, yeah, we want to innovate because we're in a position in which we can. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a, a really nice way of, uh, a nice way of thinking about it. Have you are you collaborating with other schools or is this just, is this just a, you know, what, what you're working on at the minute? Uh, yeah. So we're working with, with various schools, actually. Um, we, as a school, we support schools across the world and we're speaking to them and we're, we want to roll out this kind of concept, this framework with them as well. But we're also working with uh, the coalition to honor all learning, which is a kind of, it's a rethinking assessment think tank. And there are schools from across the world uh, who are involved with that. And that's been really exciting because essentially everyone's saying the same thing, really. People realize that current exam-based systems, you know, that yes, they do work and they are effective, but there is more to school than that. And actually that we need to, we need to work towards a way of celebrating every experience that a, that a student has within a school. Um, and it, it's really refreshing to hear people saying the same thing. There's a lot of kind of tech companies as well that we've, we've reached out to so many and we, we've found it really interesting because there are some that really genuinely care about education and they want to change education and they, they can see the, short, the shortfalls um, of, of our current systems at the moment. And there are some who just really want to make money. Uh, so it's been interesting to kind of di- to, to make that differentiation. And, and you can you notice it very early on because some of some people think, wow, this is, you know, these ideas, they've, they've got legs and they could go somewhere. Whereas others kind of go, great. Yeah, I mean, we could charge loads for this. This is, you know, and that's a shame. because That's not what education should be. Yeah. But it's why it's nice when you've got educators in the driving seat, and it's lovely that you said there's a coalition forming around these these ideas already, which is brilliant. What I mean, let's go into the future a bit, and School 3.0 is taking off, and you know the students start, you know, they've got their wallets, they've got their F- NFTs, and they're kind of they've they're, they're taking these with them. What barriers that you've started to talk about, um, you know? in terms of things that we need to get past to go through this journey? Or is this just an initial concept at the minute? To some extent, it is a concept. I think uh, with a lot of it, we are, we've experimented with it already and we're doing a year group trial with a lot of the elements from, from September. Um, the main barriers that we found at the moment and it are essentially that all 
schools seem to be full of siloed systems that don't talk to each other. And that's incredibly frustrating because that's not how a school works, really, or should work. So you, you kind of, you, you find that you're always bridging between these subscript, like, you know, really well-known subscription services that, you, that all, a lot of schools subscribe to, but you're constantly trying to find bridges. And that it, it would be great if, if tech companies were just far more open in terms of, in terms of creating those bridges. Because actually, teachers need the space to innovate, but they can't be held back by the software or, or, or the, the, the tech. Because, and, and I think that a lot of the time, teachers, they will be delivered their capabilities by tech companies. Yes. Whereas actually, we need to move towards um, a mindset as teachers of saying, look, this is what needs to happen because the we are teachers, we are educators, and to some extent, we should be experts, and then the tech companies should, should react to that. And we're, we, yeah, we're finding that that's a kind of mindset shift, and there are some tech companies who are incredible at that, and some who just don't get it, and they, they say, well, no, because that's not what our product does. And you say, well, it'd be great if it could. I'd not thought of that, Jack, and, and actually, I guess if you were to go back through time of teaching before, let's say textbooks, for example, that were given to schools that a teacher might have gone, okay, this company has given me a textbook, but they still had all the power to do whatever they wanted in the classroom and could actually bring in everything else. But the more we tech enable our classrooms, what I'm hearing you say is that because these are packaged products that allow us to do everything, you're, you're, limited by, you're limited by the product. So we need educators at the helm driving these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it would be great if schools, we're trying to work to, towards partnering with some tech companies so we can create experimental products that, that we, can, we can use and we can conceptualize in a school rather than in an office in Shoreditch. I don't know where all these tech companies have their offices. But, you know, that, that, that's how I think it, we need to work towards that kind of model, essentially. Brilliant. So tech companies, if you're listening, tech companies of Shoreditch, yeah. reach out to Jack yeah. <laughs> and get listening. So Jack, I can't let it pass by without talking a little bit about AI because it's, every, it's on everyone's lips at the minute. And, and at the minute you were, last time we spoke, you were experimenting with some AI tutoring, right? At Eglon. Is that, are you still, is that, is that something that's still going ahead? Yeah, so that's something we're doing and, and we're launching that for in, in September. And so there are kind of two main elements to this. And basically, we've, we've reached a point now where AI is, there are some really good services out there for just task setting and kind of basic practice and retrieval. You know, there, that's, people are doing that. People have been doing that for a long time. But what we want to move towards is kind of, I would love for an autonomous agent or, or multiple autonomous agents. So for AI to be able to draw out academic performance from those services that we're already using. And so we, we're speaking to people about autonomous agents and how, you know, I would love to, to work towards um, a, a system where a parent if they like a written report, a parent could say, right, I want to know how my students doing in, how my kids doing in terms of, I don't know, Pythagoras. 
Um, and actually, in, with large language models, they could just write a paragraph on how they've done and certain elements of a course, where they've struggled, where they've done well, what they need to work on. And that could be live. You know, you wouldn't necessarily need to release a report at the end of every term that a teacher writes saying they've done well at this, they haven't done so well at this, here's something to work on next year. Reports could be live and assessment could be ongoing. So we're, we're trying to look into autonomous agents. I tried to build one myself. It really didn't work. Um, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, we're trying to, because actually a lot of it's kind of open source and, there's, and you can, over the summer, I was kind of experimenting with it. But it's that danger of, you know, I'm not a tech person. I'm not a programmer, but I just, I'm just a big fan of it all and think that it has huge possibilities. So I, I started to do it and then I thought, no, there's, we, I can't, I'm not clever enough for this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're looking towards, you know, con- consistent ongoing assessment and autonomous agents to, which is like a smart digital assistant that could draw out academic performance and then provide a, a live report on that. I mean, again, programmers of Shoreditch or whether you hang out, reach out to Jack and help him out with this. The thing I really like about this um, on a serious note is that schools are kind of rich with data, you know, with all these different systems, like you say. And that's where a language model comes in, right? Because it can explain it. It can explain it without us having having to spend a lot of time on it. I think if you can work out that solution, you know, that's really fantastic. I think also... It's really important to have AGI on our horizon. So the AI kind of wave recently was just uh, a drop in the ocean in terms of of what's to come. And, um, you know, artificial general intelligence is on the horizon. Some people say it's a couple of years away. Some people say it's 10 years away. Some people say it'll never happen. I personally believe, uh, as a layman, that we are closer to it than we believe. So artificial general intelligence is, yeah, obviously you may know, but is when you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a human and a machine if you were online talking to it. And actually that changes everything again. That's, you know, that's huge. And to some extent, that's why we need proof of personhood online and things like that. Because how will you know? How will kids know when they're speaking to a bot? And that, that's another kind of element that uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but we are, we've completely remodeled our PSHCE program. We call it Spirit in light of recent developments. Um, so in terms of AI and what we believe is on the horizon. Um, so we're trying to kind of have proactive well-being intervention. We teach the Spirit program, which is uh, it's almost like theory of knowledge light to some extent, um, but it's very, very bespoke for our school. And then we, at the same time, we teach the, the same content, but in home language. So all our stu- students are very international. So they, they cover these skills and, and, uh, and the content in spirit, and then they revisit it in home language because actually we're finding that the world is changing so fast and we... There are so many gaps that we weren't aware were there before. Um, and, and when you're in home language, when you teach them PSHCE in home language as well, they are articulating things that actually maybe they wouldn't have been able to in English. And actually, we are 
using that, our Spirit PSHC program to make a proactive move towards equipping our students to, to be able to deal with the challenges that AI will put forward in the future. Wow. I mean, my big takeaway is that the academic side of education, you know, AI is going to be able to take over a lot. And it's that personal and social education that we need to focus on and what you're really investing in through how your teachers and how your school as an institution can work alongside tech to support students. It's really, it's really inspiring. And I know we're at such early stages, Jack. So maybe we'll, um, we'll chat to each other in a year's time. Or maybe, well, maybe we don't have to, because maybe we'll AGI will be here and we can pretend to speak to each other. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If a school leader was wanting to move in this direction or start having a play, are there any areas that you would suggest they start in terms of conversations in their school? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is that actually there is a huge amount of professional development to be done uh, with, the hu- with, the, with the advances that are being made. And actually, I would say that there are so many people out there with amazing ideas. And uh, again, everyone is saying the same thing. Uh, but I would say that we need, to, we need to conceptualize what the foundations of a future that we believe that we could build. But we also need to make that open source. So I, my advice from the bottom of my heart would be don't create something because it will give your school an edge. Create something because it's your duty as, an, uh, as a world-leading school potentially to, to further our sector for the good of everyone, for the good of all students, rather than just the good of... So your, your school you know, is better than others. I don't think that that's how it should be anymore. And celebrate being human. In a world where it feels that education is at a crossroads, Jack's insights have really left us with a lot to ponder. Are we prepared to reimagine education, to leverage the power of AI to enhance the learning experience? And can we find a balance between the efficiency of technology and the irreplaceable value of human connection? I'm also reflecting on the importance of character education and the celebration of soft skills. How can we ensure that students not only excel academically, but also develop into compassionate and empathetic individuals. Jack's thinking challenges us to look beyond traditional assessment systems and really embrace holistic reporting, allowing students to chart their own educational journeys. But ultimately, the future of education is in our hands. It's up to the educators to be the catalyst for change, creating schools that prepare students for a world shaped by AI but also grounded in the timeless values of compassion, resilience, and growth. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning. Original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, I think you're going to love my newsletter, which has reflections on the latest episodes and leadership advice. And you can subscribe on my website at shaneleaning.com. And if you are online, reach out and share your journey. You can find me on Twitter using my handle at LeaningShane or LinkedIn using the links in the show notes. But if we don't speak before, I'll see you here next week. Seriously, we should, we should catch up soon because I'm desperate to know how, um, how things go. Definitely. Thanks. And I'll, probably, I'll just do a quick apology to the tech bros of 
Shoreditch. Uh, I probably, <laughs> they're probably listening and saying this guy doesn't know what he's talking about anyway. So yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Jack.